Are you looking to purchase a new vehicle with that tax return this year? Hey, it sounds like you need to make a quick stop to Toys and Ford. From the moment you step into their showroom, you're more than just a customer. You're an honored guest. Toys and Ford's only aim is to serve your needs to the fullest, and the team at Toys and Ford will go the extra mile to provide you with compelling options for new and used vehicle shopping. Purchasing a vehicle? It can be a big decision, and Toys and Ford knows that. So make it easier with the help from Toys and Ford. Who doesn't love Hy-Vee? Once you walk in the store, you're in for quite the shopping experience. So grab yourself a coffee and check out everything Hy-Vee has to offer. From their top-of-the-line produce section, A-plus bakery, a deli department that includes so many different cheeses you didn't even know existed, a superb meat department, and even shoes, plus the best wine and spirits department in the area. And once you're done shopping or need to grab a bite to eat, they have many different options in their food court, including the popular Wahlburgers. Experience the Hy-Vee experience yourself today. friends you've now entered the man cave podcast unplugged and unfiltered this is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports but sometimes we mix in some other items like is bigfoot real who is the best batman you're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place dan casper so welcome to the man cave and stick around for a while you're gonna like it here What up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Hy-Vee and Toys and Ford. Uh, kind of doing this a little bit different because, well, schedules and, you know, I'm, I'm off on the show on Friday. Brandon's off on the show on Friday, too, but we got the NFL Draft that's starting next week. And since Brandon and I can't talk about it before it actually happens, this is our opportunity to kind of hash it out because, well, the draft is one of our favorite things. Brandon and I went to the 2015 draft uh, together, first one that was held outside of New York when they started doing the touring in Chicago. And I was telling somebody the other day, Brandon, you know, when we went there and just seeing the images of what it looks like now, it's nothing it looks like than when we, like, I, it was a beer tent and a couple other yeah, things. You yeah, because we still the, kind of the hub of the draft was still in, I forget the name of the The, the theater or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. theater. It was still in the building. Now when you look at it, it's outside. I think of like Nashville when it was on that big long right. street. And yep. Yeah, for us, it was still like inside, kind of like it was at Radio City Music Hall mm-hmm. for, the, for when it was in New York. And we were kind of at almost like this alternate site, like a couple blocks down the road where you had like a big like, this is a big stage. Yeah. Like if you'd be at like a music event. And I think like Scott Hansen was out yeah, there, there or something Yeah, and there like were that. like people there. And then mm-hmm. eventually like once the players were kind of done at the, you know, the the uh, the actual site, mm-hmm. a lot of them would make their way over. But yeah, right. It was just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of fans there. And yeah, you had a couple beer tents and you had some, you know, exhibits you could go walk right. around and look at. And but yeah, it was it was almost like we were kind of like at this auxiliary uh, right, stage. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I'm looking at this. I'm like, God, that was nothing like when yeah. we, I mean, it was packed. You know, oh, it yeah, was, it was like, big. I Biggest thing I remember from that, besides well, besides the Marcus Mariota trade that never happened, that we were so excited about. Kevin that day. White, Kevin White, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and yeah, the 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 Bears fans being excited for Kevin White, which look, you're almost always you're going to be excited about your pick, and, right? You yeah, know, you have me and Dan, you know, a Vikings and a Packer fan, respectively, kind of looking around like, okay, 
Yep. Best part right. is like we were in a bar too. There was like a joke waiting. Remember we went to the bar before? Yeah, yeah. Because we went to this like yeah. Because we got there, we got checked in the hotel. It's like one thirty. Yeah. Like oh, let's go, let's go out for a drink. And there's a, you know like a downstairs kind of like a Cheers bar. Yeah. You walk down the stairs and you go in and. I'm in a Viking. I'm in wearing Viking stuff. You're in Packer stuff, and yeah, it was. It was, it was I think there's a Lions fan in there too. And it's yeah, like, there's like, a joke yeah, here. I'm sure, in like, there's some, yeah, there, yeah, we're, yeah. There's there's some Bears fan. There's probably like, hey, a Packer fan, a Viking fan, a Lion fan walk into a bar, like, and then you know whatever the punchline is. But yeah, and the, and the other thing I remember from that day was walking back afterwards. One, I was really hungry because we didn't eat. Yeah. And number two, I just remember my feet being sore because that was when we it finally dawned on us that like we've been standing on concrete the last like seven or eight hours, my just like not really cute. moving. Yeah. And my feet were just. Roaring. Yep, yep. That I just remember the pain. Yep. I thought you were going to say with the the Lions fans just pissed in the elevator for their pick. Remember when? We yeah, were... they drafted like a guard. Yeah. And I also remember the the Vikings fans we met in the elevator that looking for Vishante Shanko. <laughs> was that when they drafted Tomlinson the Lions? I think the guard Lakin Tomlinson. I think it was. You know, they drafted draft? a guard. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think you're right. I think it was Lakin Tomlinson because I think 2015 the Vikings drafted Trey Wayans and the mm-hmm. Packers. That was Demarius, Demarius Randall. Randall. Yeah. So. That was the Melvin Gordon draft too. Was yep. yeah. Tori uh, Tori Gurley was up there. So Troy Gurley or Tor- no, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Yeah. I always say because Tor- there was a Packer receiver from USC that was like the preseason god. Ah, he you know and he won the Lindsey Pipkins Award. Exactly. Well said. But I'm glad we went. Uh, oh, yes. I would love to when it goes to Green Bay. I think we all are just waiting for that to happen. Well, no, and we you and I off air have had discussions like mm-hmm. that's going to ha- like that's going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna. Green Bay, Minnesota, I don't care. Yeah, I'm going either again. one of those. And I, mm-hmm. like I said, I've I've had that conversation with friends too. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh no, we're like. And I think the fact, like, yeah, you and I went. It would be so cool to like get a group to go. Yes, you yeah, know, like get a thing. group, like you know, get like an Airbnb, mm-hmm. get a house for like a day or two, and yep. yeah, you could do the show from there. And like, right. we could do the show from the front deck, just looking out. Yep. You know, that, yeah, because it would be. I think we kind of experienced it. But now we know kind of a little bit more, yeah. even though it's a lot different. And it's, probably I, I now, say, but. it's a little bit more refined now. Like, mm-hmm. that I don't prob- even think they knew what to expect. No, to be with I mean you. we, yeah, we incredibly lucked out in that we got a hotel walking distance. That was all you, man. I don't know I, how I, you I found was lucky. that. It was like a Holiday Inn, like downtown, and, and it was it wasn't super expensive either. Like, no, I, that was that was just all luck. I remember looking out the window, you could see the draft. Yeah, like we, know, yeah, sign. we could just park and like we didn't have to drive anywhere, just walking everywhere else. It was great. Yep, like, it was awesome. That just worked out. That was a sign. Yep, that was all you. That, were, that the the actual mechanics of the draft worked out well, but worked out better than either top pick for our teams did. Yeah, <laughs> you look back at that. I mean, it was a Jameis Winston, it was a Marcus Mariota, yeah. uh, Flower. Remember the third? It was the. I think he was the first player to come out on stage in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he got hurt the first practice for the Jaguars. Yeah, Texas, that, you know? yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, it was, no, it was, it was fun. Like it was you memorable. said, though, when it when the time comes, either Minnesota or Green Bay, like we're there. Yep, and we'll we'll have a group. And one hundred percent, it will be a it will be an event. Well, I you remember this? I locked out um, a couple years ago because it was like Twitter's like, oh, Green Bay's getting it in this year. That was twenty twenty. Yeah, because I remember exactly where I was when I saw you. Because I think it was I think it was some Packer reporter had mentioned it. Yeah, and I'd seen you like retweet it. I'm like, yes, because I was I remember I was covering an event. It was like a Saturday morning. Yeah, and and that was just like yeah. And then obviously you know, everything that else happened because that would have been like in like February. Right. Obviously, in the coming months and years, certain things dictated changes. But well, I went online and I actually reserved a house next to the Lambeau Field then for that weekend. I'm like, oh, what's gonna and then I got an email later that day saying, "Sorry, we don't reserve that far out. You know, you have to wait." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So I just, but it ended up being they never had it. So I was like, "Thank God, you know, I didn't get that yeah, reservation." Yeah, you didn't get charged. Yeah, because it was it was thousands of dollars for that house. You know, and I know I probably would have found people to go with, but yeah. 
then it doesn't happen. Oh no, then you're yeah. having to eat that. Like, no, yeah. that's that's not good. So thank you for. You can't chalk that up as a business expense. No. <laughs> you can't. You could easily, but as easily as I could, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we got the draft coming up here. Um, you know, I, I just I think everybody's assuming Bryce Young is going to be the first pick. Are you I kind of so. in that boat now? I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I figured he'd either be Young or Stroud. Mm-hmm. I mean, the card there. The Panthers traded up for a reason, and right. that's to get a quarterback. I think it's one of those two, and I, I'm leaning toward. I would say Bryce Young. Are you? I know I asked you about this on the on the show. I think last week or the week prior, but now it's starting to gain a little bit more steam. Are you starting to buy in that Texans aren't going to get a quarterback at number two? <sighs> I think they should. But I mean, look, not you know, not well-run organizations are in that in spot that spot for a reason. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't think you overthink it. You need a quarterback. You get a quarterback. Like, look, Will Anderson's a great pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Like, but quarterbacks change franchises, right? And I I I think I at least CJ Stroud. Like to me, that's the pick or mm-hmm. Bryce Young if it's you know. But like. You've got two. It's not like you're reaching for one of those guys, right? Like to me, you don't overthink it. You have another first round pick still, correct? Right. Yeah, at twelve. If you want to, and look, you need you need you need reinforcements pretty much everywhere on mm-hmm. that team except left tackle, right? So to me, you take a quarterback at two, and then once twelve is it twelve? Yep. When twelve comes around, either you get somebody because you're obviously there's so many a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe is that a spot you look to trade down to try to you know a little bit just to try to bolster? Maybe someone wants to come up with one of those. Top you could four get another first can... rounder for next year. Yeah, if you trade like, down a little bit. Yeah. to me, you get the quarterback first, and then you let the rest of it play out. However, it's going to play mm-hmm. out. You know, I know there's some people talking. You know, already talking about next year's draft with Caleb Williams and is it the Drake? You know, and Drake May, Drake May, and I'm like, okay, are we really going to start focusing on teams tanking for for those two guys already? You know, because yeah. that's what like. Well, if the Houston Texans don't get a quarterback, then you know they can focus on Caleb. Then it means you're going to tank. Yeah, I mean, then to secure you have that. to be in a bad spot. And remember, remember the quarterback that looks good coming into the year isn't always the way it is coming out of the year. Right. And, and you know, I, and I would say that maybe more for Drake May than Caleb Williams. I mean, right. Caleb Williams has been a you know he was a premier recruit. Like you, know, he, mm-hmm. I have no doubt he'll still be up there. A little Drake bit more May. track tracker. Yeah, yeah, but. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think, I just don't think you overthink it. Yeah. You get the quarterback at two, and you let the rest worry about it then. And, and then you go, well, say you go into next year, and you have, say you have a really high pick. Well, you can either bolster around them. You can be in a spot like the Bears were, mm-hmm. where you can, you know, if you've got that one number one, someone really wants Caleb Williams, you make them pay for it. Suddenly, you can do more. Like, yeah, because that price might be a little bit higher than what it was this year. You and, know, to move up to number one. Because we, I mean, we don't, because we don't know two years old. I mean, right. What a quarterback may look like. Maybe there isn't one. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who's the kid from uh, Texas? You know, ahead of Manning right now. Oh, um, um, I can see. Yeah. Or it starts with an E. Yours. Uh, Yours. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but maybe. I mean, he came in with a hot. You know, first yeah, Ohio State, then Texas over there. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and then part of me was thinking, like, okay, is this a? Is this almost like are they trying too hard to be? And I don't know if this is an actual thing, but I'm assuming if. Let's assume it is that they're not going to draft a quarterback, and they're going to look at a defense. Are they trying too much to repli- replicate the Forty ers Because D'Amico Ryan's came over there, they got to the NFC Championship game with literally the last pick in the draft playing quarterback. So, like, oh, if we could do it there, we could do that same kind of philosophy here. And I'm like, just because 
you can win multiple different ways, and just because it works one way for one franchise doesn't necessarily mean it works the other How way. How right? often does Mister Irrelevant or even a, la- a, a late quarterback turn out like that? Right. And, and look, we don't know going forward. He's you know right now he's injured. We like we don't know. Mm-hmm. But look around the NFL. How many mid to late round quarterbacks have dev- have turned into solid starters? Right. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. And Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson, you can make the case if it was a few years later, he wouldn't have been picked in the third round. Yeah, because it was still the Because people were, were stung up by the height. Now yep. that's not a thing anymore. But, right. you know, Kirk Cousins wasn't, I mean, wasn't a high tools guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's obviously he's turned himself into a good quarterback. Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. kind of a, you know, not quite the same thing, obviously. But, like, the amount of mid-round to late-round quarterbacks that work out as legitimate starters versus the amount that are selected is so low that, that's more of an exception, I think, what happened with the 49ers last year than the rule. Right. And the amount of time it would take to build up that, I mean, you know, Debo and, mm-hmm. or Debo and George Kittle on the offense and Brandon Ayuk and, you yeah. know, whatever running backs they're throwing. Like, I mean, look at the offensive line they got Yeah, to like that and, took years and years and years and years. Defensive and years. line. Like, that's yeah. not a, oh, we can do that in two or three years. No, right. that took four, five, six years to accumulate all of that talent. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't think that that's a viable option for teams to do. Like, mm-hmm. if it just happens, it happens, but you can't go into it saying, well, we, that's our blueprint. I agree. I agree. Uh, so of the quarterbacks, which one do you like better, Will Levi's or Richardson? Richardson. Yeah. Um, I think he's far and away the number three quarterback. Um, you can, I think, when you look at his tape, you can look at him and see a guy that, yeah, he you know, had the struggles, didn't have a great supporting cast, but still had kind of had some of those wild plays. Mm-hmm. Like to me, he is far and away. I think I, I do think all four are first round quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but I think Richardson still is going to go top five, top ten. Do you somewhere. think Hooker is going to sneak in the first round? I don't know. Like I, I'm not sure what to think about that because yeah. obviously there's a lot of connection with Hendon Hooker in Minnesota mm-hmm. about that possibility. And this time of year, I always try to take what here with a grain of salt because we are firmly in smokescreen season, right? And I don't know. Like I think people will look at the production and try to talk themselves into it. But I also, you know, I also think that there's you know red flags. He's an older guy. I mean, he's 25. He's a year younger than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, you know, what's you know how much of the production he had was the fact that he was two, three, sometimes four years older than players he was playing, even in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, playing in the air raid under Josh Heupel, like that's even though that style of offense has become more prevalent now. You know, this isn't Graham Harrell doing it back with Mike Leach at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's not exact. It's not a super difficult offense. You know, so there. I think there's questions there. You know, coming off the knee injury, I don't think is a I mean, big issue because that happened. You know, that's just one of those things. Like, you know, there was a time where tearing your ACL or having a, that significant knee injury like that, you know, you, you you wondered if someone would ever come back. Right now, that's not as, with with medical science the way it is. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe near the back end, like if there's a team that wants to, you know, maybe I'd like that either the Chiefs or the Eagles pick. You know, right at the tail end. You know that wants to sneak back in because they want the fifth year option. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that's been done in the past. The Vikings did it when they drafted Teddy Bridgewater. The Ravens did it when they drafted Lamar Jackson. Yep. Like because you get that possible extra year on the back end. That's what I was they, trying to think of. Where team. If they, yeah. Where if they turn out, it mm-hmm. really works. But who, you know, who's a team earlier on? Like, in like the second round, I was trying to like Seattle, maybe. Maybe Seattle. Like if Detroit, because it doesn't use any of their two firsts. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. Right. Because that gives Hooker a chance to kind of develop. You know, he doesn't have to get rushed out there because you got to right. off from him. So I was trying to think. Uh, I was actually trying to think like the Andy Dalton one, remember, because he was drafted in the second round by Cincinnati sort of thing. You know, I'm yeah. trying to think of that 
second round quarterback that ends up being a starter yeah. uh, at some point too and first one always comes to mind is Andy Dalton for whatever of reason course. he's but, the best quarterback out of that draft that's true it was 2011 right yeah because I mean that Vikings fans don't want me to bring this up that's the other draft of Chris Ponder but you had all those other quarterbacks go mm-hmm. Jake Locker and oh and uh uh Galbert uh not Make, Galbert. Blake Gabbert Blake Gabbert thank you yeah yep. there was all those quarterbacks and Ultimately, yeah, Andy mm-hmm. Dalton ended up being the most consistent. Still around, yeah, still hanging around. Yep. So, so, still cashing that check. Good on him. He's mm-hmm. made, he's made some good money, and he, he's played well. Which uh, edge rusher do you like the most? Because you you talked about Will Anderson. Now there's more talk about uh, this this Tyrese kid from uh, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's his stock seems to be rising here a little bit. I've heard the you know safe words surrounding Will Anderson and such. But I mean, if you had to pick. Between one of those guys, which one would you go with? I mean, right for me, now? it's for me, it's Anderson. That's like, who I go with. I, I mean, to me, it's you know, it's almost to the point now where, and I mean this as a compliment, but as a prospect, he's boring. Yeah, like there's just you know, you look at him, he's just he was he was vastly productive at a premier school in a premier conference, like you know, and, you know, no character issues of whatsoever, just like checks all the boxes, like. I feel like whoever gets him, you're just getting him, and you're like, okay, that's like mm-hmm. that's taken care of. We don't have we don't have any concerns about that. Now, right. now that's not to say it's a guarantee he's going to develop, but right. what we know about him right now is there's no to me there's no red flags. Right, exactly. So I I agree with you, uh, and I know uh, you know Texas Tech there's you know foot injury sort of thing if you want to get into that, but again, it's I, I, people are probably making this into a bingo card or a drink game. Uh, you know the word smokescreen. You know, we were actually having fun with this the other day, like a draft bingo card or, you know, cliches. I'm surprised Smokescreen wasn't actually on there. But it would be a good, right? And then it's just like, let's face it. We have all these analysts that say, well, my sources or, you know, this team exec tells me. Nobody is talking to anybody, right? Right. I mean, If information is getting out much, much, much more often than not, there's a reason for it. Right. And it's to sell a narrative, right? It's to send a message out there. Example. If you know one of the things surrounding, let's say, like the Vikings with you know the Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. smokescreen is like people say like, oh, the, the Vikings, you know, because I think they had him for like a top thirty visit, and they're, they're they're doing their homework and stuff. Okay, that's very possible. Now it's possible they're doing that because they want to pick him. It's also possible they're getting it out there so people know like, hey, if we want him, we're gonna have to trade above them, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah, like, like you know, it's kind of sending that message if he's available there when the Vikings pick, hey, we might get him, sort of thing, and maybe that's. Honestly, Brandon, maybe that's kind of similar to how why Green Bay traded up to get Jordan Love. Could Remember, because be. there was that whole like, well, the Colts were going to get him, sort Could of be, thing, yeah. you know. And you know, yeah, we it's gamesmanship at this point, right? So, uh, other you know, kind of looking at the, the we talked quarterbacks and edge rushers. A lot of talk about like, is there really a wide receiver that's a first round wide receiver or not? And everybody is kind of set on you know Jackson from Ohio State, you know, as being the number one guy. I don't know if you've kind of played around with mocks. I've been kind of toying around with them a little bit. And it's hard for me. You know, I'm like, okay, they're saying only maybe one wide receiver. It's really hard for me to only pick one wide receiver in, in a mock draft, yeah, though. It is. It is. But everybody seems to be, you know, Ohio State. And, and they're still concerned about him because, as Peter Kingston in his latest column, you know, he suffered a hamstring injury like in spring ball or early in the season and still barely even played. Yeah, he's he, he's he's had some injuries the last few years. Mm-hmm. And that's... And he's not that big of a guy, like so. It's you know, the, you can get. I, I agree. I think he's the best receiver in the draft. But if you're picking him, you're picking him with the idea of like, okay, if he, you know, if he's healthy, 
He has everything it takes to be great, mm-hmm. but he's had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so especially like a ha- ones, like yeah. a soft tissue, a hamstring out of a receiver, you know, where you're it's explosive, you know, it's explosiveness. Like, yeah, especially you know, the slot guy. Yes, that you that know, shiftiness. You, know, and that. you can understand why some teams might be a little weird. I will say this: if, the, if somehow this was an issue, he fell to the Vikings at twenty three. I'm all in favor of them taking him there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you understand that you know with any of these people, but. You know, there's certain risks that come with certain things at certain spots. Mm-hmm. Which tight end is your favorite? Um, I think we had the discussion last Friday, but I'm still yeah. saying Michael Mayer. I Me mean, too. I, I think, you know, and I hate to say floor because that makes it sound like I'm thinking he's going to be like a number two tight end. But mm-hmm. I think he, there's just, there's the more, I had a boss that told me once, the more things you do well, the harder it is to fire you. Mm-hmm. And I, you look at Michael Mayer and I see a guy that he's consistent. He doesn't he, drop the football. I saw a stat He catches the, other the ball. Yeah. He can block. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's not quite the same, but. You know, he reminds me a bit of another former Notre Dame tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph was a little bigger, mm-hmm. but you know he wasn't the fastest guy. But when he played Minnesota, the quarterbacks all really liked him because when you threw the ball his way, you knew he was catching it. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a functional blocker. He wasn't, you know, a top tier guy when it came to blocking. But he was, you know, you weren't losing anything having him, you know, lining up in line and blocking. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would still say Michael Mayer. Yep. Uh, that's who I got him. I know everybody's like uh, Dalton Kincaid, or I should say everybody, but a lot of people are Dalton Kincaid and. You know, you look at the athletic traits and, and, and all that, I still get nervous. I know he's cleared, but still with a back injury, it still makes me uh, still makes me a little bit nervous uh, with that there too. So, um, okay, so looking at uh, some of the, the rest here, uh, Badgers, before we kind of get to Minnesota, it feels like like Nick Herbig is a guy who's kind of rising up in, in some of the mock drafts too. Like I just saw he was on Good Morning Football. Uh, I saw him on some mocks even going in the second round, uh, potentially. We know Keanu Benton's even rising up there a little bit. I think a lot helped with that senior bowl. You got Tipman, the offensive lineman. I mean, those are the three main badgers in this draft, and, and they're probably going to be gone by by the conclusion of day two, it seems like, at this point. Yeah, and two of the, and, and really, I think you're looking at those guys, and they come from spots of strength when you look mm-hmm. at the Badgers program. Right. You know, Tipman, offensive lineman. Center interior lineman. I mean, how, I mean, we don't mm-hmm. have to talk much about how many Badgers offensive linemen over the years have gone on to be productive NFL players. Right on the defensive side, Keanu Benton as you know that kind of big, strong you know run stuffer, but can still get a push you know in the pocket D lineman. I think you're right. I think he's gone by the end of day two. And Nick Herbig, you know, honestly, he reminds me a lot of you know, a former Badger that was in that spot, Zach Bond, mm-hmm. where he yeah. wasn't super big, but he was a good pass rusher. Like he's just he you know he's athletic, can get around the edge. You know, he saw and Zach Bond, I think, went on to be, you know, I believe a, he was kind of like a four three, kind of like an outside linebacker with the mm-hmm. Saints, I believe, because I believe they're still four three. Mm-hmm. So, but he's athletic enough to make that transition from kind of a, I mean, an undersized three four edge, but at the college level, that's not as big of a deal. But once you get to the NFL, it is like you can't. Right. It's tough to be you know two twenty five, two thirty, and be a consistent pass rusher on the edge when you know, you're going up against elite tackles. Right. But he's a, yeah, he's a guy that. You know, I, I think can make that jump kind of like Bond did, mm-hmm. and you know, be a guy that you know you're especially if you're like a blitz heavy team, right? Because he doesn't have a ton of uh, coverage experience, but you know, a team that likes to you know send their linebackers and stuff, and can, has those pass rush instincts. I think he's a good guy that can do that. Mm-hmm. And Keanu Benton to me seems like he's six four, but he's only like three ten or, or yeah, three fifteen. He's not too big. Yeah, he's big, but he's not. You know, it's not like he's six four, three forty. Where you worry about explosive? Yeah, he's still an explosive athlete. And you know, I know the question is: is what style of defense does he fit in? Is it a three four, or is it the three four end? Is he a four three defensive tackle at, at that point? But he brings a unique skill set and just like that the, those physical traits about him. That yeah, I'll tell you, like like I want Green Bay to get a defensive lineman. 
Um, and if they get Ben, I'd be happy. It's just to me, it's like, okay, how do you use him now with with the, when you're on a line with Kenny Clark and, and Devontae Wyatt? Like, I feel like he's a defensive end in a three four. Yeah, and those other two are kind of in that same spot. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, you think of the the, the quintessential like three four run stuff. Where I always think about like guys like Keith Trailer and Ted yeah. Washington, Ben Gilbert Brown. Yep. You know, guys like that that you know are just massive human beings. It's going to take two interior linemen to block on rundown. Right. Yep. And all those guys, Vince Wilfork. Yeah, yeah. Vince Wilfork. All those guys are, you know, they're very good players. But yeah, they're not quite in that mold. And ideally, it feels like in the three four, even though you're even though you're not, you know, you're doing sub package stuff more. But still, you want somebody that can do that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's uh, maybe that is that TJ Slayton. Maybe then. Yeah. Maybe. So, but yep. still, uh, yeah. If you draft him, it's kind of like, well, how are you utilizing? Him? You're right because there's mm-hmm. a big difference between a three-four defensive end and a four-three defensive tackle. Right, exactly. So, uh, but it, you know, I know like before the draft process or even before the combine, there was like, okay, how high are these guys going to go? But it seems like their stock is going up right now, which is cool yeah. to see. Wisconsin yeah, they're wise, they're so. impressing in the in the workouts. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I think Keanu got off to. a a hot start right away with that senior bowl, yes. you know, turning heads there too. So when it comes to your Vikings, if you could, and I'm not necessarily asking you if you want to make a prediction, you can, but what do you think is their biggest need when it comes to the draft? Is it wide receiver because, you you know, Adam Thielen's gone? Is it defense trying to improve that? I Where do you go? I think the biggest need is cornerback just because there's not much there. You know, I joked on the show. Are we show, having a, like a rerun here with cornerbacks? And, that, <laughs> and I joked about that on the show last Friday that there was a period of time where, you know, Mike Zimmer and um, uh, Rick Spielman drafted a fair amount of first round corners. Yeah, Mike Hughes, Jeff Gladney, mm-hmm. earlier on Trey Waynes. Yep. And they didn't necessarily work out. The last one that they did early that worked out for was Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And by you know by like the the third or fourth time they're doing it, Vikings fans are getting irritated about it because like why do you keep drafting cornerbacks? And now it's a few years later, and all the Vikings fans want them to draft <laughs> cornerbacks. It's like I get it because you know they signed Byron Murphy, mm-hmm. and they had a couple uh, D backs that they drafted earlier on last year that were you know they had some injuries last year, mm-hmm. but Peterson's in Pittsburgh yeah, now. Yeah, P- yeah, Peterson's in Pittsburgh now. So you, you need to address that. I think you need to come away with a corner, but I don't know if it's necessarily in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a good draft for corners, so maybe you know you don't have a ton of draft picks, but maybe if you want to wait till day two, you can. And maybe that goes back to that hooker thing. Yeah, send that out there. They're there. Right, we'll move back a couple spots. Yeah, and get I, some I think picks. ideally they would like to move back a little mm-hmm. bit. Maybe move back to the last few picks of the first round and try to get maybe another day two pick. Because remember, they only have one. They only have a third rounder because they trade the second rounder in part for the, in the T.J. Hawkinson deal. Mm-hmm. And this is a team, especially on defense. They need they have holes. Right. I mean, they you could pick pretty pretty much any spot on the defense, and I think people would say, "Yeah, I get that." Maybe mm-hmm. not safety so much, but even a guy like a Brian Branch, so he's so versatile that I wouldn't I wouldn't even though he's kind of listed by most people as a safety, I wouldn't dislike that pick because he can be a slot corner. Is he almost like the, when you were talking about him? The first name I thought of for Minnesota was Antoine Winfield. A little bit, a little maybe bit. a little smaller, but you yeah, know. but a guy but a guy that moved around. I mean, when, mm-hmm. I think. You know, Winfield was to me he was the perfect cornerback for the cover two. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of guys like Rondé Barber, guys that weren't super big but they tackled like they were physical and they were what good in that system. Mm-hmm. Now with um, uh, Brent Flores in Minnesota, really their corner is like you're going to need to be you need to be able to cover man. Right, and that was a little bit different from 
last year at that Don Tower. I mean, you can make a case that the corners didn't do it. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like Patrick Peterson is a great fit for a zone scheme now. You know, mm-hmm. This isn't the Patrick Peterson of six years ago, but now he's gone. Right. You want corners that can cover. You're going to leave him on an island because Brian Flores likes to send blitzers. He mm-hmm. likes to put heat on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So maybe you go that route. If not, receivers. I mean, receiver I have no problem with. I mean, I mentioned if Jackson Smith and Jig was there, Mm-hmm. Be all for the Vikings taking him. I like Jordan Addison, even though he's not super big. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be a good complement as like a route runner to go alongside Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne. You know, some of the other ones. I think you know Quentin Johnson is kind of that size speed guy that there seems to be every year. And I think I was going to ask you about does that you know because he's the bigger receiver. Do you want a bigger receiver next to could, a Jefferson? That, maybe that's another way to go too. Um, I, I know you know there's probably some Vikings fans that hear you know big receiver that can go up and get it, and immediately the first thing they think of is Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, and that's you know. And, that's always going to be the case. Is your 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 brain's always going to go to worst case scenario, and I don't think that's quite the case because Quentin is is much faster. I'm curious, you know, but the hands were an issue, and right? That, that and that's that's kind of the issue with him is you know consistency catching. I'm which curious is big. with the whole Zay Flowers all of a sudden working out with Patrick Mahomes because Kansas City sent him down, and there. they're at the back end of the first round, which that would be. I mean, if he's there, that I think that'd be fair. I mean, once yeah. you get into the back end of the first, you know, the, those last couple picks of the first round, the difference between being, uh, you know. Of end of the first round and an early second round guy is negligible. How you know? Part of me was thinking too is like, okay, how many more teams are like, ooh, Andy Reid has his eye on Zay yeah, Flowers. He likes this guy. Maybe we should. Right. Exactly. Thing, yeah. You're like, ooh, he sent Patrick Mahomes down there to go play. Mm. There's what are we missing here? You know, sort right. of thing. Let's That's, let's double back and make sure we're you know yeah, we're covering was, our bases with this. That guy. was the first thing I thought of. Like, ooh, how many teams now are just going to like redo the tape? And how and many? Pe- how, how how much does Zay Flowers' representation love that? Oh, right. I mean. I would put that out on social media, yeah. release everything. Patrick Mahomes came down to throw, and yeah, you yep. definitely. And then, the, I mean, the other thing about the Vikings, I will say, the uh, I mean, the elephant in the room is going to be quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. that's you know, at this point, it does not appear that the Vikings want to extend Kirk Cousins beyond next year. You know, there's there's been discussions about it, and they've you know, but it just sounds like the Vikings don't want to extend him into that time, and Kirk Cousins. Especially if he has one more good year, is probably set up to hit one more contract, mm-hmm. yep. and that's what he wants. So, I mean, it just seems like maybe if that's the case, then that's an ideal sit spot for right. a quarterback because they're not, you know, they're probably not going to have to play. Kirk hasn't been extremely durable. You never know, but mm-hmm. you know. So, who is it going to be? I mean, in that spot, to me, there's only two guys that are possible, and that's Will Levis or Hendon Hooker. You know, Will Levis, I think, you know, he's. You know, the opinions of him are all over the place. Probably got the strongest arm in the draft, but you know, there's there's which issues. is making people say, "Oh, is he Josh Allen?" Then, you but, know, but that you know that and that, but that's not the case. Like right. the odds of Jeff that are, George had a strong arm too. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, it, you know, you know, Will Evans is a quarterback that 10, 15 years ago probably would have went up higher just because of the arm. Mm-hmm. But now that's not as big of a thing. But still, Demarcus Russell is a perfect correct. example. <laughs> but still, you know, Kevin O'Connell offense ideally likes to push the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. He obviously, he has the arm to do that. Played in college and at Kentucky for Liam Cohn, who worked with Kevin O'Connell in with the Rams before mm. he went to be the offensive coordinator there. So, you do feel like the Vikings are probably going to have a pretty decent scouting report on him based on that. Yeah. Now, whether he's there, who knows? And whether they do, who knows, is another issue. I yeah. can say this as a Viking fan: if he was there at twenty-three, I think you take him. Yeah, I think you take him. You give him that year, and then you turn him loose. All right, I like it. But we'll it. see if he's there because, as we know. You know, quarterbacks, you know, if if a team thinks that he can be the guy, you take him. Because mm-hmm. if he is, it changes your franchise. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, my top two, like if I take away anything, 
not looking at how the board's going to fall or mock or anything, but my top two positions I think are the biggest need for Green Bay right now. I might be in. A, I, I think if if they make this pick, I got a feeling some maybe majority. I don't know if it would be a majority, but a good chunk of, of of fans will get annoyed with it. Is defensive line? It's not. Um, it's not sexy. But they got it's one last so, year. It's so important, right? Like I maybe I'm old school, but I look at teams like the Eagles or the or the 49ers and the depth they have at defensive line. I want another one to pair up with Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt and create that havoc on on the defensive line. Create. Create that havoc, uh, you know, against uh, offensive stopping the run. I mean, for crying out loud, I'm sick and tired of talking about it every year. The only thing is, is like at 15, is there is there a defensive lineman that that is worthy of that 15? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it, it's every, everybody's board is going to be a little bit different. But looking at it, you know, the kid from Pittsburgh is he a little too small, I, and that's it. Like, I really like Kalaj Kansi, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. The issue is where and the size, right? Because you know that's that's an issue, mm-hmm. but. You know, and obviously with the you know the whole undersized and coming out of Pittsburgh thing, people always want to make the connection to Aaron, Aaron Donald. But that, and that's that's one of my biggest pet peeves of draft season, where it's like, well, he had well, then he has to be Aaron Donald because he's you know he's he's smaller and he's from Pittsburgh. It's like, no, like that's a that's a generational guy. That's right. one of the best, greatest interior pass rushers of all time. Like, exactly. But you're right, like that that that's probably a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him. So that's where I'm looking. Okay, that's why I mentioned Keanu Benton or somebody in in the second round, and I know. There's other guys in there too, but like I, I just I want depth at that defensive line. You see so many teams now that try to do the rotation and keeping everybody fresh, and and right now they don't have the depth there. Tight end, they literally got no. I mean, they got Tyler Davis and Josiah Deguara, who's more of an H back fullback guy. And you know, I know I think we I asked you about it the other you know on the show was like is 15 too high for a tight end? I know some guys have gone 10, yeah, Eric Ebron and and all that, but at 15 is that. A little too high for for some of these guys, and I, I, I go back and forth on this one. Yeah, a I, little bit. I think it's a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if they trade it down to like early twenties, then I think it's fine because I just don't think there was that guy that was you know that Hawkinson, even you know Noah Fant, even though he hasn't quite mm-hmm. like they were looked at as being top ten picks when they were taken. And as we mentioned, 10. Kyle Pitts, a hybrid type. Yeah, of Yeah, like those guys were looked yeah. at as being those yeah. like. None of those, none, some of these tight ends, I, you know, they can go in the first round. That's fine, but they're mm-hmm. not top ten guys, in my opinion. And and the scary part is too, like, okay, you don't draft them at fifteen. I don't see any of those top guys maybe being there when they draft in the second round. So right. it's going to go on a run, I think, at some point in between there. And then I'd probably throw safety in there too. Yeah, you know, I mean, Darnell Savage probably is last year. Then you know, after that, they didn't bring back Adrian Amos yet. But again, fifteen. I look at say like like you mentioned Branch. He's listed as like a he's actually listed as corner in some places, defensive back sort of thing. But he I think a lot of people are just assuming he's gonna be a safety. But then when I look at safety, it's like okay, you got Darnell Savage already. He's a little bit of a smaller guy, speedster guy. When it comes to safeties, do I want two of the same guys or do I want one bigger safety that maybe helps cover tight ends, help out a little bit in the in the box, supporting the run? And if that's the case, I might want somebody a little bit bigger than Brian Branch at that point. And there's nobody worthy, in my opinion, of the 15th pick at that safety spot. So maybe that's something later on down the road. I would agree. So, and I know I was reading some stuff too, like even somebody said, you know, this isn't a great depth class for safeties. And, you know, for some of these safeties, that probably helps them out because they're going to get drafted higher at this point. But. I just there's there's one I haven't really said this a whole lot and it's probably because we've been spoiled but 
They could go five, six, seven, maybe different positions, and I'd be okay with right for for Green right. Bay. And that's I mean, you feel that way about the Packers, and I feel that way about the Vikings. Like mm-hmm. I think the only positions I think on the Vikings, and I would be like, why would be like running back mm-hmm. and, and and tackle because they don't need it because they've got Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw. But right. and, and I'm sure for you, like what what positions that they pick where you just be like. Ugh. Uh, probably running back, even though next year they might not have either of these guys, yeah. but that's somebody you can get later on, not yeah. like a B. John I, Robinson right away, right. you know. Um, and then, obviously, quarterback, <laughs> you know. Uh, maybe, you know, they, they pull the old Brian Brom second round. I just saw that they brought Tanner Morgan in for a top 30. Hey! Visit. Oh, yeah. Former bat- Gophers legends earlier in his career than later. <laughs> uh, so, But I, I think they're going to get a quarterback at some point, but, you know, not going to be a first round. No. Uh, but... You know, it's to me too. It's always and I know age is part of it, but how many times have we seen like the national champion quarterback or the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback? And questions are, will he even get drafted? Like Seth Bennett, Bennett, you know, this year. And yeah, we've. Yep. I you know I look at a team like Green Bay. If he's there in a six, fifth or six. I mean, for at a that backup, point, like at that point, you know, I'm I'm never going to get too riled up over like a sixth or a seventh round pick, right? Because at this point, like. You're you're bored, especially once you get further down. It's always going to be so different from other teams mm-hmm. that you know you may have different people jumbled in the top five, but you probably got about the same guys in the top five. Right. But once you get to like two hundred through two fifty, you can have some teams that are just like, nope, they they absolutely were not on our radar, and other mm-hmm. teams say, oh no, we you know we'd pick them in the sixth round. It's all you know. Somebody might have went to Saginaw Valley State to scout somebody, and yep. you know the other team didn't. They're like, oh, we didn't even have that guy. You know. You're right. It's it's all based. That's where the scouting, I right. think, is really. That's where the that's where the rubber meets the road. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, day one is day one is the pretty day. Day two, you love. I mean, we both love. Like mm-hmm. that's where you can still. That's where you get heavy hitters. Day three is where you're mining for diamonds. Right. I love that. You need to make that a shirt. Mining for diamonds. Day three, mining for diamonds. So, all right, dude, we got to wrap this up. Uh, but we could probably talk draft oh, all day we sure long. Could. So uh, next time I chat with you, it'll be after the first round. It will. So. Will will we be talking about Aaron Rodgers in with the Jets? I don't think so. Because, but you feel like if it's going to happen, it has to happen by day two, right? If they want to pick for this year, right? Yeah. If they, I guess if they, yeah. But yeah, like, and that, and that's the other part of this too. It's like I feel like personally, the Jets are in no rush. You know, I'm not saying they've got the most leverage right now. No. But look at it from a Jet standpoint. It's like, hey, we'll go through the draft without making this move. That means we keep our 13th pick, or we keep our two second round picks, or, or something like that, high ones. Yeah, we'll we'll work on the twenty twenty four picks with you because we're expecting to be better, so those picks are going to be worse. You know, so I feel like the Jets are like, now nah, we'll wait till after the draft. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah. Or Green Bay, if they want that pick, yeah, there's a little bit more pressure on them. But if they're satisfied with waiting till twenty twenty four, well, then you know, might be coming in after the draft. Yeah. But I, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I I don't think it's going to happen. I know we got some draft day trades last year, but. I don't know if you saw the whole scenario to really quickly wrap it up here. Um, there was like one report out there that there could be a couple scenarios in place where one was like, well, if the board is falling on draft day the way both teams like it, then they could swap picks, and that's part of that's trade package one. Obviously, other picks yeah. are included. And then if it doesn't fall that way, then they go to scenario two. Hmm. And I'm like, interesting, but at the same time, it's like that has to fall for both teams. Right. Because I think everybody's just assuming the Jets want a tackle. So, like, nobody's going to have to draft a tackle in the first, like, eight, nine, ten picks for a tackle to be there at 15 then, you know? And then maybe there's that guy 
that Green Bay didn't expect to be at 13, and then they would swap those picks. Because I think everybody in the world in their mock drafts is probably going to have the Jets taking a tackle at this point. But that needs a lot to happen. That's dependent on the other 12 selections at that point. Do you question uh, Before we sign off here, quick question for you. Do you have a bold prediction for the Packers, for the just the draft in general, or something around the draft? Because I have one for the Vikings. And I don't know if it's necessarily bold, but, you know. I don't know if mine would be necessarily bold. I was going to say they'd come away with at least two tight ends. Okay. I, I like but, it. Yeah. I, I think like I think they draft two. Sort of to go with the draft. I'm going to say that by the end of day three, Dalvin Cook is not a Viking anymore. Ooh. I think he gets dealt. Any team in particular? Or? The the one team I think that there's been some buzz with is the Dolphins. Of course. Because he played at Florida State too, yes, right? Yes, he's, yeah. he's, from, he's from Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, when the Vikings brought back Alexander Madison, mm-hmm. to me that, like, you're not going to pay all that money for running backs. So what if uh, Bijan Robinson's there at night at your pick? Nope. No? No. Nope. I mean, if someone else wants to, hey, let's let's make a deal. But no, yeah. I... I would be comfortable going and say they make a deal for Cook, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, a high pick. So mm-hmm. I'm not, but especially with his injuries, exactly. In the shoulder there, no, there's that, concern, yeah. like you know, coming off the shoulder surgery. But mm-hmm. I think they're comfortable going into next year with Madison Ty, or uh, Tyson Chandler, who was a pick last year, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you pick, maybe you take a day three dart throw, mm-hmm. and then you've also got um, Kenny Wong, who's a kick returner, but you know, could you know like. Especially when you look at the Rams over the course of the year, or the years when Kevin O'Connell was there, outside of Todd Gurley, like they they weren't ever using big, you know, like mm-hmm. bell cow running backs. Right. Like, I just think that's the direction the Vikings are going to go. Yeah, I could see like you know to tag on to mine, I guess two tight ends. I think they're going to draft a running back maybe earlier than what people expected, third, fourth round potentially, and uh, quarterback too. So I mean, fourth round, fifth round, somewhere in there. They've got some, and wide receiver is such a weird one for me because a they, second rounder, maybe. But is that Corey Davis a part of the trade? Possibly because I can't see him staying with the Jets with all the people they got over there now. So, and I know they want a veteran, and it would make sense, right? So, I don't, I don't know if wide receivers in the cards at least early for Greenwood. I feel like at least two tight ends, a running back earlier. Not maybe as early as A.J. Dillon was, but I think that's a case like, hey, they're not afraid to do it if that guy's there. And, uh, yeah, easily a quarterback mid-round somewhere. So, And that'll be your backup. I don't think they're going to get a veteran as much as they want to say that they are. Who's out there? Matt Ryan? A little DTR from UCLA. Mm. Day three yeah. developmental. Yeah. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, appreciate it, buddy, for stopping by. That's uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Uh, again, big thanks. Uh, Brandon, always love chatting with him, especially when it comes to draft stuff. We could probably do one of these every single day. Uh, but, again, quick reminder, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms. That's like Spotify, Apple, and uh, Google, Stitcher, all over the place. Have a good one. Until next time, we're going to be uh, inching a little bit closer until the draft, so we'll have more episodes talking about that. Baseball, NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs, all that good stuff. Have a good one. Talk to you again soon.